All right, here's another one of the same sort. Mind is also not real, yet we want infinite bliss, which is chemically detected via the pineal gland, etc. This is a reflection of our mind's attunement to the real. But if the mind is not real, is bliss not real? No, bliss is an illusion too. Yeah, bliss is not real because it's, it's, it's something that your character that's unreal can experience or imperience. It's not real. And that's why in uh, Advaita, they make a differential between Saguna Brahman and Nirguna Brahman. The Saguna is where Satchitananda is located, but that's still illusion. It's a very high and pure level of illusion, but it's just illusion. There is no such thing as Sat. There's no such thing as Chit. There's no such thing as Ananda. But these are the, the reflections in the mirror that are most coherently attuned to the intelligence that's projecting it with as little interference patterns from the ego as possible that will turn the illusion of bliss into the illusion of suffering. But it's all uh, illusory at the level of any effect that can be experienced or felt or imperienced or, or in any way uh, uh, made into some object of perception, okay? I hope that uh, doesn't disappoint you. Uh, but the real is beyond bliss. It's not that it oh, is boring, there's no bliss after all. No, it's beyond anything you could conceive. Okay. <clears throat> ah, how do I cope with my spouse, who is a loving woman but not on the path to self-awareness? She's not a negative or disagreeable person with vices, but, uh, and always wants to be intimate and passionate. I do talk to her about the importance of self-awareness and meditation, but she isn't on the path. <clears throat> Look, she's already the Buddha. <laughs> You're the one who doesn't get it because you think there's a path to be on. Uh, you know, there is no path. Uh, and if she's a nice person that you get along with, thank your lucky stars that that's the reflection you got. And be happy that you don't have to keep talking about metaphysics with this person and, you know, create a very boring evening for yourself. You know, it's all perfect. I'm sure you didn't want to hear that answer. But okay. Is there a teaching higher than the Avaduta Gita? <clears throat> you know, I don't rank uh, scriptures and, and teachings. <clears throat> it is a, a, a scripture of radical non-duality, but there are many such that come from many different angles. And uh, for someone, the Avaduta Gita may not help them because it doesn't come at the, the real from an angle that they can relate to from where they are now psychologically. Uh, whereas maybe the Ashtavakra Gita might, or the uh, Tathagata Garbha, or the Ratnagotra Vibhaga in, in uh, the Buddhist tradition. Uh, it, it, so there's, it's not a matter of higher or lower, it's a matter of what is relevant to the level of consciousness 
uh, and the, uh, the signifiers that you are attuned to that will trigger your realization of radical non-duality. <clears throat> and then the question goes on, is there any practice suggestion to stay in that state continually? No, because you are in that state. It's the only state that is real, but your character cannot stay in it continually. In fact, your character can only glimpse it very rarely and intermittently for short periods because your character will disappear if you have uh, a non-intermittent realization of the truth. And, and then there'll be no one to ask any questions any longer. Uh, so this may happen, uh, but it won't happen because the character has done some kind of practice uh, that leads to it. However, as I said before, as, your, as the will of that intelligence that is the supreme reality uh, modifies your character, it will want to practice. But what it will want to practice is simply pure presence, not some kind of a, 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 an activity that will indirectly result in pure presence, like pranayamas or asanas or some, some other chanting or, or repeating a mantra to yourself. No. All of that is just an activity that delays the realization of, of what you really are because it assumes that a character has to do something. And there's, that's, that's the delusion to be free of. <clears throat> and so, um, again, this person goes on. In the study <clears throat> and practice of this teaching, uh, I am feeling being in the world but not of it, and I don't know what my purpose uh, in this dream is. Uh, you, the only purpose is to awaken from the dream for anyone. There is nothing to do in the dream. But as you are approaching awakening because of the the supreme realities ordaining it to, again, use an illusory dualistic terminology to tr express this, you will want to be of service. You will want to do karma yoga to help your community and your world. You will want to become a compassionate bodhisattva. You, you will want to do that, but as your luminous clarity ripens even more, you will realize there's no one to help, there's no one to do anything for, and your character may continue uh, to act in altruistic ways, but it'll be irrelevant once Buddhahood or once the real ultimate truth has been attained. And then uh, there's no longer any interest in the reflection. You are now absorbed into the real. But the character may continue speaking, but, but there will no longer be any identification with that character. <clears throat> and the reason is 
that character is a dream image in the mind of other beings still in the dream, not because of the character's inherent desire to do anything. Uh, all, all you are as a character is an object to meet the, the fantasies of the other. And if the other wants you to be a bodhisattva, that's what you'll be, you know? And if they want to project something else on you, that's what you'll be to them. But your reality will not be affected by that. And there will be no confusion uh, and, and fear that, oh, the other won't understand me or they'll they'll think I'm saying something that's wrong or you know, ridiculous or whatever. There won't be any uh, dualistic narrative. All of that will have fallen away long before you reach that level. Was the mind and the third hologram, and I'm not sure what you mean by that, constructed by, from our own consciousness? Or is it a construct of other interdimensional astral forces as a way to fool us into believing that the sensory realm of perception is who we are? Well, that's an interesting conspiracy theory, but we didn't need anyone else to fool us. We're fully capable of fooling ourselves and, uh, and even of imagining interdimensional beings who are equally uh, illusory. Uh, they may be real within the conditions of the hologram, but so what? Uh, it, it's still all a, a projection of a will uh, that is uh, bringing about a certain outcome that may have required particular characters that may include aliens and archons and other types of entities in order to fulfill those functions, but they have no reality. Uh, it's the, the function of the, the drama that is what's important, and that function uh, is simply uh, that of the supreme intelligence that is beyond the, the dream and uh, cannot be fooled, cannot be deceived. <clears throat> okay, here's a, a type of question that, that I get a lot that, that is... Uh, is interesting in its, um, in its incoherence in a way. Two months ago, I experienced ego death, which was bliss for two weeks, and then one morning I woke up and, uh, and my superego, it's, it's pronounced here supper ego, uh, and maybe that's more accurate because sometimes the superego comes back after you've had supper and you have indigestion, and, you know, I think that's... But if... if if, if you still have a, either a superego or a superego, you didn't go through ego death. That was an illusion. Okay? Uh, and, and you shouldn't confuse a momentary, um, probably a drug experience or something else in which your mind stopped for, a, whether it was a relatively stopped for an hour or, or eight hours on some kind of a trip, but... That's not uh, ego death. Real ego death, uh, then uh, there is no one left to, to have a, a, a supper ego to come back and attack them. <laughs> so I hope that uh, 
you know, that clarifies it. Once you go through ego, he goes on and, and talks about his anxiety and panic attacks and other things. Once you've gone through ego death, that does not occur. There are no such uh, symptoms. So, <clears throat> so let me also say uh, that ego death is an illusion. Uh, and even though we talk about it, and Ramana talks about going through ego death, the ego doesn't die. What dies is your belief that you are this reflection in the mirror world. That's all. There, there was, you were never the ego to begin with. There isn't an ego. Uh, that's all an illusion. And once you realize that, that that's all it ever was, and never pertain to you, and you have no karma. So whatever uh, karmic narrative of suffering is going on in that character has nothing to do with you. Really, nothing. Zilch. Uh, and, uh, and then your suffering ends because it's only a mistaken identification, okay? All, the whole world is just a case of mistaken identity. Okay. <clears throat> Can the upper death drive be hijacked by the ego's lower death drive? For example, a surprise return of an old addiction like smoking, which is very intense, does it serve as the hiding place for the ego and therefore uh, becoming one's center of attention Etc. Investigating the root cause or using willpower appears to only intensify the addiction. And that's true. Whatever you fight will actually get stronger. Until it seems the only thing holding one from liberation is the addiction. Uh, what do you suggest as the wisest approach to break this cycle of obsession? Well, it's a narrative. There's no such thing as addiction. It was a concept developed in order to uh, keep people in a, a cult of 12-step groups, you know? Uh, and, uh, and, and everyone is, goes through some Egoholics Anonymous or some other version of it these days. Uh, there's no such thing because, again, it's a, an attribute of an ego. The problem is always anxiety and the anxiety is caused simply by your identification with a mortal body that it will die and suffers pain and feels lack, has no essence, doesn't know why it's here or, or what the world is about, is in a state of confusion and, uh, and in, in some uh, internal chaos uh, that uh, it projects as a narrative of unworthiness and unhappiness, etc., which we we have already uh, gone into. But if you accept the character without any resistance whatsoever, it will become bored with smoking and it will realize that it, it actually it smells bad and it you know, causes you to have burn holes in your clothes when, the, you know, it has all kinds of problems. Why do you want to smoke, you know? Uh, when all it does is, uh, is create really unpleasantness when you look at it objectively. Uh, and, uh, and, and then, you know, you have to uh, 
to undo the, uh, the, the unpleasantness, and so you're always keeping doubly rajasic and in that busyness. Uh, and uh, and, and as, as she said here, in a state of, in which it grabs your entire attention. So the solution is don't give in any of your attention. Give all of your attention to your suchness, to your state of presence, to the inconceivable energy that is present when there's no thought. And then if there's no thought, there's no desire to smoke either, because that's just a thought. Okay? But it will end as a byproduct of losing interest in it, not because you fought it and overcame it. You outgrow these things. You know, people who can't stop smoking one day, they find they just stopped. You know, they didn't need patches or drugs or hypnosis or anything. None of that worked. But one day you lose interest in it and then you're no longer a smoker. But who did anything? No, it wasn't a product of any action or willpower or anything. It was simply a modification that a, a, occurred to the qualium wave function. Uh, that uh, occurred outside of your own ego sliver of consciousness, which is where everything really happens. Everything is brought about by that which is superconscious, outside the range of consciousness of the characters. And that's why that's where the action really is. That's where agency really is. That's where power really is, not in the character. How can one go on for 40 years, rising and falling, going from total bliss to total dysfunction? That's a common story. You know, your character is on a roller coaster, and uh, many characters are. And why do people pay good money to go on roller coasters, you know? They enjoy them. They like the ups and downs and the volatility of it all. Uh, and the world is pointless anyway, so at least this keeps you from being bored by it, you know? And uh, why do people climb mountains, you know, just to look around and then you go down and then they got to climb the next one, you know? So everybody is involved in doing pointless things, you know? Uh, but what else can a character in the mirror do, you know? So the moment that you lose interest in the character, then that's when you get real. But why care about the character's ups and downs? Lose interest in it, and it stops happening. Because again, remember, quantum physics, the wave becomes a particle only when observed. Stop observing your character, and it disappears. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti, recorded live at the Sat Yoga Ashram in Costa Rica. To join us for a life-changing meditation retreat, or to make a donation to support this transformational work, please visit our website, www.satyoga.org. To access more teachings or guided meditations from Shunyamurti, please visit the Members section of our website or our YouTube channel, Sat Yoga Institute. Namaste.